I'm here with Owen Gent, who is an illustrator and an animator. So, which came first? Was it the animation or the illustration? Illustration, yeah. definitely. So I've done that for, like, on and off. Or now, like, full-time for, like, eight years or something. Yeah. Then the animation kind of came in completely by accident. I think, so, animation stuff I've kind of been doing with friend and illustrator and composer in general. Sort of polymath. My mate, yeah, Hugh Cowling. Yeah. But we've sort of collaborated on various publishing things. And then I got a job in just asking if I did animation. And I didn't do animation. But he'd done some. And rather than say, no, I just kind of ran downstairs. I was living with him at the time. and gave him a knock and said, like, can we do a thing? Can we try? And yeah, so it's completely winging it. And I'd never really thought about getting into it. So it was just... Yeah, kind of chancing it really, I guess. How did it go, starting out so quickly like that and just sort of like plunging deep into it? Yeah, like absolutely terrifying. We yeah. sort of did it with, yeah, it was like a really big client, like a big sort of like medical institution. Yeah. And I, yeah, suddenly realised how much responsibility there was in this quite big budget. It was terrifying. But we, it was really nice, kind of, Bristol's great for having a good community of creatives. So we just sort of pulled on all of our resources and, wrong as many people as we could like how do we do this do you know anyone who can like we sort of brought animators in to kind of show us stuff and work on various bits so a real steep learning curve yeah it's exciting that and sharing that with someone else is a really good experience yeah so how did the clients take it when you handed your work in were they like this is quite obviously your first project or did it come uh, off quite well sort of there was a couple of moments where they're like yeah like how much experience have you guys oh no really. not because of the quality of the work maybe because of the language we're using or like the lack of assertion and like yeah this might take like anything between a week and two months oh right it was, <laughs> i thought you meant they'd seen the final product and were like no 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 they're yeah. happy with it but yeah yeah it was yeah it's kind of scary that yeah. stuff but. How did you come to your current style? Ah, good question. I I think it's a slow process rather than having like a real quick discovery of uh, something, or something clicked. But I think for years, or kind of before I studied at the university, all of my work was trying to be trendy or trying to do what I kind of thought everyone else wanted. A lot of antlers which seems to still be popular now loads of animals made out of triangles and that sort of thing yeah like, yeah i think trying to be funny or trying to be kind of like on trend sort of thing and then i think kind of went back to my roots of being like a traditional painter and then kind of started again from there when i went to uni and then it sort of really started to feel yeah more at home in that kind of melancholic kind of ethereal world and i started to explore that more because it looks like you've what medium is it that you use? Because it looks painted it, rather than, yeah, sort of the opposite of the um, detailed triangle thing. It's more sort of... Yeah, it's a lot softer. Yeah. Well, I paint basically in, yeah, watercolour. But a lot of the colour and composition stuff is all Photoshop. Mm. Oh, okay. Sort of, yeah, yeah, it's sort of like you kind of have to yeah. with client-based work and quick turnaround stuff. It's lovely to sort of think you could just sit there and paint a canvas for a week and then mm. hand it in, but... Quite often you have to change the colours or like move a character around or yeah. something. So if you showed your work now to yourself starting out at university, what do you think you'd think, your past self? Huh, I would probably, I don't know if I'd call myself up being slightly pretentious, maybe. Oh really, okay. I don't know. Do you think you, now <laughs> you've got a bit older you just don't care about that kind of thing anymore? Is that why you, you wouldn't say that about your work now? 
or no no definitely not yeah. I think it's quite honest and quite yeah I like the fact that it's quite sort of subtle and it's yeah 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 why would I call myself out on that I'm not sure I think I kind of wanted to impress a bit more mm. before and now it's quite personal and it's sort of I don't really mind if it doesn't resonate with other people yeah. necessarily so it's just like a confidence you have with it that you didn't when you were yeah, just starting yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it feels really mine now, so it doesn't really matter. I'm sort of comfortable with it. Well, I do a lot of, like, physical stuff, like uh, building or kind of creating, yeah, like a lot, like woodwork whenever I get the chance, like sort of haphazardly. What kind of things do you make? I've like renovated a couple of vans and stuff. In like my old studio, we built a mezzanine in there and that was a really nice learning curve. And actually that's one thing that I kind of miss from doing art and animation, illustration, is that physical object things and making 3D spaces. I'd like to combine those. But yeah, if I wasn't doing art, I would think I'd hope I'd go down that route. How do you think you could combine them? I don't know, I've been trying to figure this out for ages. I'm not sure. Like, at the moment, I'm just making spaces to create work in. Yeah. So, moving studio and then, you know, building walls and desks and things. And, but, yeah, I'd love to find a way to, like, combine those really well. I'm kind of picturing you building sets or something like that. That's like a bit of... Yeah, that's a good Stage, stage design or something That'd like that. That'd be really <laughs> nice, yeah. Like, theatre, yeah, 3D space would be a lovely thing. Yeah, that's a really lovely <laughs> idea. I was going to steal that. Thanks. <laughs> Your animation company is called Uncle Ginger. Sure. Yeah. Big fan of that name. Just, <laughs> uh, what, 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 um, where'd you get the name from? It is... So, do you ever watch The Queen's Nose? Like the BBC uh, yeah, kids programme from the late nineties. Yeah, like rub the coin. Yeah, or yeah, something. that's it. What's the? Uh, I can't remember what happens when you <laughs> rub the coin. But essentially, Uncle Ginger gives Harmony like the protagonist a fifty p yeah. piece, which can grant wishes. Okay. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he's not really in it. I think he's in the first episode, and that's it. Just but a little, a little reference to why? that. Why? I think we're trying to come up with names. We're trying to be clever about it. And yeah. then we sat down and for some reason ended up watching the whole first series of The Queen's Nose. <laughs> <laughs> was that show a big influence on the kind of work you did then? Or? Yeah, no, I'd love to say it was, yeah. but no, why? It's not even animated. I think we just like were feeling nostalgic. Oh, and I was we're picturing both... that it was for some reason. I think I might be mixing it up with something, but... Yeah, no, it's yeah. live action. But um, yeah. we're both very ginger men, yeah. Uncle Ginger. <laughs> so we started calling each other Uncle Ginger and I was like, ah, oh, we'll just go with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it works. Yeah. So what kind of work do you guys do with Uncle Ginger? So it, we tend to do, as like similar with both of our illustration careers, sort of deal with kind of difficult subject matter. So mental health, um, isolation, loneliness, depression, those sorts of things mm. that we've done. And some historical stuff, but generally things which are kind of harder to approach. Like we've done a film about how Hitler rose to power and that's how, how that's mirrored certain political situations in the last few years. Yeah. Um, yeah, difficult stuff, which is always kind of the most rewarding and the most satisfying to find a sensitive and appropriate way to approach. So who, are your, who do you aim it at? What's your audience for that kind of thing? All of the Uncle Ginger stuff's been kind of commissioned. So we've done stuff for TED, TED Ed, which is like TED's uh, educational kind of animated short film sideline. So they do so stuff. they've got a huge audience. So yeah. you're already getting to 
show your work to a large number of people. Then, yeah, right? it's really nice doing stuff through them. And that's all kind of young adults. So they're kind of interesting for everyone, but they're aimed at sort of teenagers. So it's, yeah, good trying to be clear, but without being patronising, I think, is a nice challenge. What about feedback from people who watch those? Not, I don't mean from the clients, but from the, uh, from the audience for those videos. Yeah, that's been... I tend not to read through all the YouTube comments because after a while it gets a bit... Uh, <laughs> you get a bit, like, obsessed. Yeah. But we've had some messages just from people saying, that has really helped me to understand, like, someone in their family maybe has got a condition that we've explored and they've said it's really helped shed light on that. And that is, like, one comment alone is... Yeah like reward enough for the whole thing that's exactly what we wanted to do yeah i've definitely watched a lot of um not specifically ted ed ones but a lot of youtube videos that are like an animated infographic or something and it's just such a good way of getting information across yeah because you can you know instead of sort of using your words or even you know having someone they're drawing on a board or something the animation you can you know, flip in and out of subjects and perfectly draw out ideas and stuff in a way that you can't. So it's a really interesting medium to explain things with. Yeah, definitely. Just, and yeah. it like completely works. I think like I'm definitely a visual learner and I know a huge amount of people are. So to have just something else, which is kind of grounding all that information, which is often quite dense. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that you're learning things yourself while you're animating it? You end up with a better knowledge of the subject. Yeah. yeah, yeah, towards the beginning, especially when you actually first hear the voiceover or the script, we learn loads. Oh, and that's often, how it works. They send you a. Yeah, with a, those a ones. This. Yeah, because otherwise that would be terrifying. They said, yeah. can you just, yeah, write a like, five minute film about this thing <laughs> you don't know about? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got these weird, very specific pockets of knowledge, like a lot about male infertility, and then we'll learn about schizophrenia, like really specifically for a week. Yeah. And then, yeah sort of some other historical event or epigenetics or something. Yeah, it's what, interesting. The, what, what does that mean? I've never heard that word. Epigenetics. Yeah. It is, there's like, it's a new theory in genetics that your, the actions that you take throughout your life actually affect the, the makeup of your DNA. So right. certain actions or <clears throat> certain behaviours or habits will like imprint little tags into your DNA which can then be passed down. So like addictions or lifestyle choices or positive you know if you're healthy or you build a lot of muscle in a certain way that then gets kind of transferred down so that's just a theory or there's proof for it's it it's proof i think yeah yes no cool. this is official yeah, yeah. it's interesting <laughs> it is what's something that you'd like to achieve with your illustration that you haven't done just yet i'd really like to create a sort of more kind of lengthy uh, like narrative work, whether it's a book or, yeah, I think it would probably take the form of a book, but I've written like over the last five years or so two kind of graphic novel, wordless graphic novel things, and they've never seen the light of day because it's so time consuming. Yeah. I've kind of written them out and storyboarded them, but I'd love to see one of those kind of taken to a conclusion. Um, and I've just, I'm about 20 miles shy of finishing the, Cornish Coast Path and that's been something which has carried me kind of through the whole time I've been illustrating yeah. so from when I started studying down in Cornwall 10 years ago I kind of started it and just doing it sort of piece by piece how do you know how long that is I think it's about 300 miles wow okay so it's yeah it's really nice and it's kind of like yeah it's kind of mapped out sections of my life and kind of how I've 
like changed over those years. So I'd like to finalise that with a bit of narrative. Yeah. So you celebrate finishing it by releasing a, a graphic novel or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A marker of a new stage in your life. Yeah, definitely. It feels like a nice pinpoint. And I've got a real, like, I grew up in Devon, but I spent a lot of time in Cornwall. And I lived down there for five years. And I, yeah, it's got a real sort of special place in my heart. And that coastline is like a real inspiration in my work generally. Yeah. So I'd like to create something with that. Cool. So yeah, maybe I'll go down in a month or so and finish it off and then see what happens. With your graphic novels, <coughs> are you prepared to talk about the content of those or is it all under wraps for the time being? I, mostly under wraps, but they're yeah. generally quite sort of self-reflective yeah. and fairly open to interpretation because of the wordless nature of them. Yeah. So there's no text, it's all just sequential stuff. So. I think with a lot of my work, I kind of want to leave a lot of gaps so people can project. But they're, yeah, fairly reflective and hopeful, but quite melancholic, I guess. Like a lot of my stuff. For anything you've worked on, what's the compliment that you've really appreciated hearing? Something that's actually meant a lot to you rather than just like, oh, I like what you've done. Something sure. a bit more specific. Yeah. Uh, we did, with Uncle Ginger, we did a film called All at Sea, which is just a bit of work we did kind of for ourselves. But it's kind of vaguely exploring, not vaguely, but kind of non-directly exploring uh, kind of dementia and becoming confused in old age. And it was, you know, a lot of people saw it as just, you know, kind of face value and it's almost kind of a witty three-minute film, but someone got in touch and kind of very directly got what we had in mind for it and said, you know, I've had experiences with my father who's really suffered with Alzheimer's and this really kind of hit a point in a way that, nothing else has yeah. and it's sort of yeah not offering advice or information but was just exploring it in a kind of sensitive way and that mm. you know someone actually directly reaching out and finding that thing that we'd kind of yeah not put in there so directly was a real lovely thing to hear it must be nice as well to imagine that it made enough of an impact that they were compelled to get in touch and yeah. they wanted that they wanted you to know that what you'd done has had you know, touch them in that way. And yeah, it must be really nice to hear that kind of thing. It really makes it worthwhile. And it's made me, that sort of thing has made me get in touch with other people. When someone's made something that's really affected me, knowing how nice it is to hear that, I've definitely made the effort to reach out. What influences your current illustration style? Uh, there's a lot of kind of, yeah, more... Well, old school kind of fine art painters. There's a, a guy called Leon Spilliard, who I think is Belgian, and I'm probably mispronouncing that name horribly. And then there's a Danish painter called Wilhelm Hammershoy. I think he's 18th century. Um, and again, I'm probably mispronouncing it. Mm. But yeah, very atmospheric kind of old oil painters. I get a lot of yeah, yeah. inspiration from. Alison Contemporary artist. Lorenzo Matotti is an incredible incredible illustrator and a guy called Gerard Dubois but like I think mostly like I read a huge amount and a lot of my current work is uh, book cover stuff so that kind yeah. of rolls into itself but, what yeah. are you reading at the moment right now I'm kind of going back through Ian Banks's sort of back catalogue of yeah. novels which is kind of somewhere between gothic horror sci-fi odd quite bleak but very beautiful like little moments of kind of like yeah stunning do and those themes match up with the kind of books that you're drawing covers for 
Yeah, generally. Quite often as well I'll get given a book that I haven't haven't heard of the author and it will completely just blow my mind. And it's so nice when it links up. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, yes, I really want to do this. Like, so you, will you always read the work before you take the commission? If Yeah, if I have the possibility. Sometimes there's like three days to do it and it's in French or something. And it's just like, I, yeah, I can't. But I'll try my hardest. Yeah. I'd hate to... You know, if someone picks up that book and they love that book, but the cover is like wrong in some way or, <laughs> yeah like I know that would frustrate me if I felt like the artist hadn't read the thing that they needs to suit or match up yeah definitely yeah. and it's nice to like if there's one little detail that's really poignant in that book to kind of just hint at it slightly if there's yeah like on one book for an Icelandic author Shona who does beautiful kind of magical realist uh, literature but there's one moment that I loved from Moonstone one of his books there's this red scarf that sort of his the infatuation kind of lets drift and it's just this little it's in the cover and I really like that that's there. And I like that I you know that was a moment that I really loved and now that's on yeah. that cover of that book and that's really Well so it's just amazing. part of the image and then suddenly part you get halfway through the book or something and then it all makes sense and yeah. you're like, oh, that's why that's there. It's like a poignant Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really love that if I'm reading something and then the cover makes sense. You kind of come back to that image and it's an ongoing relationship. Can you talk about something you're working on at the moment? Sure. Well, I've just literally finished uh, an editorial for the New York Times about uh, near-death experiences, which is like a, yeah. Another quite heavy, yeah. Yeah, but like really hopeful. The article's really sort of positive and it talks about the kind of chemicals that go in your brain. Yeah. and people interpret it as like a spiritual experience or like in lots of different ways but essentially it's a kind of coping mechanism yeah. at least in theory but uh, yeah really happy with that and that was a uh, you kind of get the get the email through and you had I think six hours to sort of read it come up with an idea and get it done and send it off so when that comes through are you competing with other artists trying to come up with an idea then they don't just single you out Sometimes, sometimes they'll sort of pit you against two or three, and that's an odd. That's kind of that when the competition kind of that feeling kicks in. It's like, mm. ah, I don't want this thing. But um, no, I think in that instance, it's just can you do this? And as soon as you say yes, you're you're going. But so, what was your approach? That's a pretty heavy subject, and the spiritual thing. That's quite like a vague. You know, how do you how do you put that on paper? How do you approach that? Yeah, it's quite sort of. I think like a lot of my stuff, it's fairly metaphorical, non-direct, and um, yeah, lots of light, lots of shadow, so it's like a figurative approach of, yeah, kind of showing the darkness of, you know, how we might perceive death at the bottom of the image, and then going up to a kind of lighter, more optimistic, figurative approach. Yeah, it's sort of, nothing too clever, but I think trying to communicate more in kind of tone and atmosphere rather than, like clever connections sort of thing. So when is that going to be published? When can we see that? I th it might be out now. At least by the time you yeah. kind of send this out, I think, yeah. Okay, oh yeah, I'll put, again, I'll put a link. Sure, to yeah, that one in great. the description, yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks a lot for talking to me, Owen. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.